The Daily 202 is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post Brand Studio. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, January 11th. In today's news, Republican leaders condemn Steve King. Michael Cohen will testify before Congress. And John Ashcroft's son is investigating Josh Hawley. But first, the big idea. The White House continues laying the groundwork to declare a national emergency to get money for President Trump's border wall. And they're looking seriously at tapping disaster relief funds to do it. The administration is eyeing unused money in the Army Corps of Engineers budget, specifically a $13.9 billion appropriation from a disaster spending bill that Congress passed last year but has not been fully spent. The money was supposed to go toward dozens of flood control projects in areas affected by recent natural disasters, including the Texas coastline inundated by Hurricane Harvey and parts of Puerto Rico that were battered by Hurricane Maria. Trump is also considering taking money meant to help Californians recover from wildfires so he can start building the wall. Trump has ordered the Army Corps to determine how fast contracts could be signed for the wall project and whether construction could begin within 45 days. Talking to people on Capitol Hill and at the White House yesterday, both sides see Trump declaring emergency powers as the likeliest way out of this now 21-day-old shutdown. Tomorrow, it will become the longest in U.S. history, and there's no end in sight. Some 800,000 federal workers are about to miss their first paychecks since the shutdown began on December 22nd. The FBI Agents Association warned that today's missed paycheck could affect security clearances of their members. Agents are subject to high security standards that include rigorous and routine financial background checks, so missing payment on debts could create delays in securing or renewing security clearances. It could even disqualify some agents from continuing to serve in some cases. And some government employees are starting to sell household items online to make ends meet. A federal worker in Morgantown, West Virginia, took to Facebook this week to sell welding tools left behind by his deceased father-in-law. Another federal worker, a diehard Star Wars fan from Woodbridge, Virginia, did the same with a life-size replica of Kylo Ren's lightsaber. A single father in Indiana hosted a sale on eBay with five pages of things that he found around the house, including Bibles, Nintendo bedsheets, and Dr. Seuss neckties. Another government worker put her daughter's Lulu Ladybug rocking chair on Craigslist. She wrote that it sells for $93.88 at Walmart, She's asking just $10 for it. We need money to pay the bills, she wrote. In addition to everything else, take that as a sad reminder of how many of our fellow Americans live paycheck to paycheck. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar this Friday. Number one, House GOP leaders stepped forward to criticize Steve King for defending white nationalism breaking their months-long silence on the Iowa Republican and his long history of inflammatory remarks. King, who won a ninth term in Congress in November, lamented in an interview with the New York Times that the terms white nationalist and white supremacist had become pejorative. He asked, quote, how did that language become offensive? 
King later issued a statement in which he sought to walk back his remarks. He said he rejects those labels and the evil ideology that they define. He said he's simply a nationalist, not a white nationalist. But King's effort at cleanup nonetheless prompted a rebuke from Wyoming Representative Liz Cheney, the number three Republican in the House. She called what King said abhorrent and racist. She was soon followed by House Majority Whip Steve Scalise of Louisiana, who told reporters that it was offensive to try to legitimize those terms. And House Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy from California issued a similar statement late last night. Both McCarthy and Scalise were silent in October when asked for comment on similarly incendiary remarks made by King. Democrats are now pushing for a full vote of the House to censure him, and a Republican state senator has announced that he will challenge King in a primary next year. Number two, this will be must-see TV. Trump's former fixer, Michael Cohen, has agreed to testify publicly before Congress next month. Cohen agreed to a February 7th appearance before the Democratic-controlled House Oversight Committee. Chairman Elijah Cummings of Maryland says that special counsel Bob Mueller gave the green light to have the hearing. That's a signal that Mueller could be wrapping up that part of his probe. Cohen says in a statement that he accepted the invitation to appear, quote, in furtherance of my commitment to cooperate and provide the American people with answers. We're learning separately that Mueller's team of prosecutors questioned one of Trump's campaign pollsters last year. CNN reports that Mueller's team met with Tony Fabrizio back last February. We learned earlier this week that the special counsel's team is particularly interested in how Trump's former campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, shared private polling data with a colleague linked to Russian intelligence. Fabrizio had worked with Manafort on Ukrainian elections and then went on to serve as Trump's chief pollster beginning in the spring of 2016. Trump told reporters yesterday that he knew nothing about Manafort sharing private polling data with a Russian associate. Number three, Missouri state auditors have started a probe into Josh Hawley's tenure as attorney general, a process that will include heightened scrutiny into allegations that the Republican illegally used state resources to support his successful campaign for the Senate. The state's Republican Secretary of State, Jay Ashcroft, has asked the state auditor, Nicole Galloway, to use her subpoena power to aid his investigation into whether Hawley violated state laws that bar elected officials from using public funds to support their political campaigns. Ashcroft's request for Galloway's help followed a report by the Kansas City Star in October that out-of-state campaign consultants who would go on to eventually run Hawley's Senate campaign were giving direct guidance and tasks to taxpayer-funded staff in the attorney general's office as they sought to raise his national profile. 85 pages of records were released shortly before Christmas that confirmed the star's reporting. Among the cache of records that came out is a memo from D.C. political consultant Gail Gitcho outlining how Hawley could bolster his profile with a coming raid of a dozen Asian massage parlors that were part of a human trafficking investigation. Looking ahead to the potential Senate campaign, Gitcho laid out how the raid should go down, even going so far as to lay out what Hawley's outfit should be. She said that he should wear, quote, some sort of law enforcement garb, like a police jacket and hat. On the day of the raid, Holly wore a badge and a lanyard. And that's The Daily 202 for Friday, January 11th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. Have a good weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday.
The Washington Post has a new daily podcast, Post Reports, hosted by me, Martine Powers. Every weekday afternoon, we're bringing you stories about the state of the country, the world, and how we come to know the things we know. Get it now at WashingtonPost.com slash Post Reports.